0: I'm back. I took a break for a show, for an episode, and now I'm back. And there's been a lot that's happened. Holy cow. I feel like it hasn't been just two weeks. It feels like it's been like a month so much has happened, Um, both kind of in the broader crypto world, but then also just inside of Hedera. Um, I mean, there's a lot of news, and I mean, let's just quickly, um, you know, tap into it here. I mean, we've got a lot to cover. I'm hopefully gonna have uh, solo from Galaxy on. Maybe we'll have King Solomon stop by. We're just getting things started, guys. We're rebooting. We're bringing things online. It's, uh, it's a change of season. You know what I mean? I feel like. Something's changing, something's going on, something feels different, you know, on all fronts. Today we're going to be talking about the whole XRP SEC stuff, of course. I think that's on everybody's mind in the crypto space. Um, What else we got going on? Oh yeah, we got Big Saucer Swap Labs news, we've got... We've got a bunch of breadcrumbs and rumor stuff too which is great um we got some interesting Dow news out in the UAE which is really interesting um we got an update from the Guardian <laughs> funny I had a funny exchange on Twitter um with uh with the guardian I'll bring it up but uh we'll chat on that um people in the community have been voting on what grade they would give Hedera or maybe kind of like a report card it's interesting we've got a a warning about um another quote big time custodian or exchange going down soon from president Hodel on Twitter from bank social uh very very interesting um we got some governing council news um we got some roadmap news uh let me see here yeah more breadcrumbs more more straight oh yeah we got a really strange story to talk about too um We'll talk a little bit about Twitter stuff, of course. Um, Yeah, we got a lot of breadcrumbs today. Holy cow. We got a lot going on. And with that, good evening from Ottawa, Canada, everyone. My name is Brandon Davenport, and I'm a creative developer, musician, and founder at my firm, Dirksen & Davenport, Inc., helping artists, businesses, and startups in the Hedera ecosystem. And like all of you, I'm a Hashgraph enthusiast. It is Sunday, July 16th. And welcome to Hashgraph News and Rumors, episode 83. Holy crap. We're almost at 90 episodes. Uh, This one's called Seasons Change. This is a weekly show where we cover the top stories related to Hedera, HBAR, and everything in between. Broadcast live on Twitter Spaces every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, and made available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts. YouTube. That goes up every Monday. Get all the info you need about the show and listen to past episodes at itsbrandond.com slash hbarb. If you're listening live now, check out the Twitter thread pins at the top of the spaces to take a deeper dive into each story. Also, everybody listening live, take a moment now to share the space. Let your friends know. The more the merrier. You know how it is. You can also click the little comment button at the bottom right of the spaces to ask a question or share something interesting and I might talk about it. I mean, there's so much going on. I'm pretty sure I've missed something over the last two weeks. Uh, we got guests today. I've got uh, Solo say from uh, Galaxy popping up here in a little bit. Um, maybe we'll have King Solomon stop by too. I mean, there's so much XRP stuff that it, that's, uh, that's happened. It'd be interesting to have him stop by. If anyone has uh, him in their DMs, I don't have time to message him. I'm busy talking. Um, and... Cool update. I mean, um, the show right now is averaging about 500 listeners on Twitter Spaces per episode, which is fantastic. Some of the episodes are over a thousand listeners. I think it's insane. I mean, I've been on a couple different Twitter Spaces and people are like, "Wait, your show is literally just you talking for like two hours?" And I, I mean, I started the show on Clubhouse years ago. Hashgraph enthusiasts, news and rumors was having fun. And I, and you know, it was basically just me trying to keep up with all the news, sharing what I was learning. And I mean, the show's grown. I mean, we have guests now we have like all sorts of different segments. Like we have all sorts of things happening on the show. And I mean, you know, 500 listeners per episode on average, that's crazy. Um, So thank you to everybody. Um, And if you're interested in becoming a supporter of the show, Please consider making an HBAR donation. It helps me continually add value to the Hashgraph community and keeps the show ad-free. You can send a contribution to enthusiast.hbar using your Hedera wallet. Brought to you by listeners like you. Also, what I'll do is I'll just quickly share. I'm very proud of the GIF that I paired this with. Check out that post. It has the HBAR address to send a donation to. Um, the show just keeps growing. And I mean, I'm getting ready to get some new equipment, get some new gear production value is going to go up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we got a lot to get into. So I want to talk to, um, solo from galaxy. Cause I mean, right off the, right off the gate, I'm looking for new things happening in the ecosystem. I think a lot of people are, um, I think that this bear market has definitely been challenging. Um, and from the conversations that I'm a part of, at least you know, there's, there's a bit of a morale issue, right? I think that a lot of people are spent. There's not enough money to go around. There's not enough attention to go around. Um, And I mean, you know, energy is pretty slim too. I mean, it's, it's so hard watching, you know, young communities like this and seeing a bit of a brain drain, right? People needing to, you know, pick up another job or, not being able to be full into Web three and all these different types of things, and I think there's so many use cases that are really great that are enterprise stuff. But one point that I keep bringing up, and I th- people keep talking to me about, it is like, what is the use cases that are fun? You know, that people outside of crypto might use, um, that they find useful, that helps them, and is kind of cool. That's built on Hedera, right? And We don't like we have a couple of those. Um, One of them that's top of mind for a lot of people is Galaxy. It's been a long time coming. I imagine doing a Web3 social network isn't easy, but this is a really interesting time in social media. I don't want to ramble on, but um, Solo, awesome to have you here. I'm really excited. Um, We got a lot to talk about. But first off, like, how are you doing, man? Like uh, building in the bear market. It seems like you guys are going pretty strong.
1: Yeah, what's up? Uh nice to uh catch up. I remember back in the day when your show was on Clubhouse and I used to drop by there. Really? It was, uh, yeah, it was quite crazy. I remember uh back in the day. So it's crazy to see how much it's grown. So yeah, obviously appreciate dropping by. But uh it's been quite crazy. We've been building quite diligently for, for quite some time now. I know that we've been in the ecosystem for a number of years and We've uh, always been a team that has exceptionally high standards for how we want to produce things. And, um, you know, we want to make sure that we do our very best to deliver um, the best experience possible for every stakeholder. And so um, it's hard just given that, uh, you know, it's always tough. You always want to get a product out. But uh, the bear market has been helpful in that it's helped flush out some of the distraction points that's cleared the way for us. Um, in some ways. And it's also, uh, you know, helped uh, helped us, you know, stay, stay diligent and, 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 and trust the process.
0: 100%. I mean, that's what it's all about. It's, it's really a game of just staying alive and the people that can stay true to their vision and, and kind of iterate and get through this bear market are going to be successful on the other side. Cause you're right. Like the, the, you keep seeing the herd getting thinned and it's a little bit strange, kind of looking to your left and looking to your right and kind of like, people that were there aren't there anymore you know what i mean yeah and it's also even like the people that were you know at the
1: time even maybe positionally ahead of you um you know are kind of nowhere to be found also so it's just such a it's such an interesting time and you just have to take everything um you know as it comes and never take anything for granted because you know sometimes uh you know life happens and it's hard for everyone and so it's uh, it's it's interesting times for sure
0: now, speaking of interesting times, um, being in the kind of you know social media game, building a platform, I mean, what are your thoughts right now in the current social media landscape? I have to ask just because, I mean, I remember the term social media being coined on, I feel like it was coined on the uh, uh, This Week in Tech show with Leo Laporte, like way, way, way back in the day in like 2006 or something. And- Since then, it feels like right now is the most volatile time, just because these platforms are so huge. Half the world's population or more is using social media now, and we've got threads that's entered the, the, the ecosystem, all these different types of things, so many different elements of competition happening. But then we also have a whole new side to it, which is all the Web3 stuff, like we've seen Mastodon, we've seen Blue Sky, so pulling back and kind of looking at the social media landscape and how much it's changed and where we're at right now. I'm curious to like snapshot it a little bit and maybe get your thoughts as someone kind of right in it at the moment.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you bring up a lot of great points. One thing that I've always kind of noticed about social platforms is that, we've always thought them as like primary means of like communications platforms in a way, like keeping up with people and connecting people, which is you know inherently one of their purposes. And I think for us, what we see as a great market opportunity is to create like a different spin on the way you're connecting people. So for us, I would almost analogize Calyxie as to more of like a work, stay, play concept where like you're connecting people, but you're also allowing them to exchange value. That's the whole point of being built on a, Decentralized network where you can financially collect people, um, but then also creatively connect people and allow them to exchange value. Whether that's you know cryptocurrencies, whether that's fiat currencies, whether that's NFTs. Um, and so for us, we think there's this renaissance of creativity that's coming. And so for us, when you think about the creator economy, that's kind of what we focused on and keyed in is our niche product that kind of makes us different than everything else. We're a marketplace, so we're not necessarily in the business of developing an audience for the sake of selling ads to them or getting large. We want to create the best peer-to-peer network to, you know, connect people and help them exchange value and whatever that might be. So um, a lot of times people think of us as like an influencer platform, you know, allow them to, you know, connect with their fans. And that's absolutely what we are. That's one of our primary focuses. But when you think about like the possibilities that are being created, there's a lot of value that can be, you know, use from being able to have a wallet that kind of allows you to socially interact with your friends and peers and do things, sending cryptos is as easy as sending it to its friend and D versus you know um, whatever your alphanumeric uh, public key might be, and I think that's going to be what allows other people who don't have the um, you know the 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 desire and the 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 desire to really learn about blockchain and, and decentralized technologies as a whole, and so I think for us that's kind of what makes our our journey different and how we
0: feel uh, the social media landscape could uh, use in terms of like a product in the market. 100%. It's, a, it's turned from a, a battle between platforms trying to match each other feature for feature and now seeing new competing business models emerging. Like really the social media platforms out there, they're just advertising companies. So seeing new types of business models and visions is really interesting. And it brings me to this, which is like we're talking about um, the, the, the Hedera ecosystem hungry for something exciting. And I mean, most of us, you know, CalXY has been building for a while. Most of us are familiar with the broader Galaxy pitch that we hear, you know, in your keynote appearances and interviews where you kind of speak to the broader crypto and non-crypto crowd kind of, um, using that language and and that appeal that really kind of, at that point, you can't really go into the kind of whole Hedera stuff. You really have to keep it broad, but, Speaking directly to the hashgraph crowd now, what are some things about Calyxie that would excite the Hedera community specifically? And is Calyxie using Hedera in ways that we might not know about? Kind of wanting to get a little specific and and kind of speak directly to the Hedera crowd.
1: Yeah, so I guess uh, I guess one thing that's uh, we don't really ever talk about publicly, but Calyxie um, is very much so an NFT marketplace. And the NFTs that we sell are attached to digital experiences. So in theory, or not in theory, technically, whenever you buy an experience, say it's a video call from LeBron James or Spencer Din- Dinwiddie, for example, um, you're what you're buying is an NFT um, that is a claim on that person's time. Um, and so at that point in time, somebody that's a fan can swipe their card. They'll buy the video call, for instance, they'll be... They, they can use their credit card because we want to make sure it's a very Web2 experience or whatever. Um, but technically what they're doing is buying an NFT. And as soon as the experience happens, um, the funds are released from the contract and then eventually uh, the NFT is burned and not surfaced to the user because we're going for a very Web2 experience. But all those transactions live on the hash graph. So you can actually, you know, click on, you know, your uh, hash can link in the transactions history within the application and like really see that blend of like the Web2 and Web3 worlds. And so I think for us, it's like things like that are going to be now easily made possible. Um, When you think about the idea of like governance tokens having a lot more utility and things like that, we want to be the ones building the infrastructure for you to very easily, you know, use the features that Galaxy has to to add utility to a project. Like if you think about Web3 right now, everyone has to build their own technology and then use their own technology on top of it. Whereas like we're an infrastructure layer and, you know, the world of web two, you go to, um, you know, you have your, you know, web services platforms that allow you to very easily do what you're trying to do for us. We're trying to be that kind of infrastructure for different types of web three enabled social activities or communal activities. Um, and so I think that's kind of the idea of, you know, having big brands, like, sports leagues or karate combat of the world, being able to have a presence on the platform and be able to be their own, um, you know, means of generating community is going to be something that's very interesting. And then lastly, also just from the NFTs perspective and the wallet capabilities with a social wallet. And so being able to have somewhat of a name service attached to a wallet and allow yourself to have utility to be able to send NFTs and crypto as easy as, you know, a Venmo or, Azel is kind of another market opportunity, which you know we don't really talk as much about to the broader community. But as crypto becomes more adopted, um, we could see ourselves being like the easiest wallet for someone to set up and very easily,
0: um, you know, transact. Okay, there's a lot to unpack there. That's awesome. So basically, okay. So when you said you know a way that Galaxy can be viewed is an NFT marketplace and kind of what you described, am I correct in assuming that really? It's it's almost a little more than that. It's like you are, it, there's an NFT marketplace where not only you're buying and selling NFTs, but those NFTs are being kind of like created and transferred um, all kind of together. And those NFTs aren't necessarily like the ones that we're used to seeing where it's like artwork or something. They're more utility NFTs where you're purchasing something from a user. It's
1: more like a ticket.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it's an NFT marketplace where things are being created in the moment and the interface is a a kind of chat with somebody. Correct. It's like a one-to-one experience. And so basically like if you're in a chat, we wanted to, we call it DMs of superpowers.
1: And so Galaxy also could be viewed as a messaging app. I just can't wait to reveal it to everyone. I know that you've had the chance to get into the platform and it's a massive application. That's why it's taking so long to build. It's Really full featured. There's a whole you know profile page for you to be able to create your own content, meet your own page, and develop your own community. There's like the wallet tab, which you can do a bunch of Web three things, associate tokens, and easily bring in different assets in here. Um, messaging, which is what we're talking about now, discover and like a whole general home feed like Twitter. Um, but in the messaging tab, that's we call it DMs of superpowers, and that's essentially where we want people to very easily exchange value peer-to-peer so think of it kind of a like telegram on steroids where like if you want to send crypto to somebody you enter your chat and it's very like sending it to at brandon right like instead of having to deal with this um you know obstructive uh peer-to-peer network system that we have right now like public key management and stuff that's a lot harder for people whereas people are familiar with if i see something funny on my discover page i'm going to share it with brandon it's like instagram it's like social media and so for us, we wanted to build something very simple where it allows you to exchange value. So it could be um, an experience, which is um, you know, that person might be a verified creator on the platform, they have experiences. So if you click that, you can book a video call with them or whatever they have listed as their experiences. Um, you can send crypto to them, send an NFT to them, et cetera. Send a picture or photo to them. We want these behaviors to be very easily uh, analogous to mental models that we're already familiar with in Web2.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's so important. Like that's a huge aspect of what you're doing is creating uh, effectively a digital wallet, a marketplace platform that has that utility that a non crypto person goes, oh, this is another Venmo. Oh, this is another. Whatever it is that also kind of does more stuff. So that's really interesting because I I remember back when I was starting to play around with Galaxy, like, geez, it must have been like 2021 or something in November. It was kind of, I was viewing it as like, oh, this is a social media marketplace, but really it's kind of backwards. It's like, this is a digital wallet that leverages some of these different um, aspects of social media and kind of brings it together. So that's interesting. And I think, Something even more interesting for Hedera people specifically is when you talk about being able to interface with the platform using a credit card or something um, in that way, I think that's a challenge that a lot of use cases on Hedera are trying to navigate, which is how do you onboard new liquidity? How do you create an experience where people can purchase and interact with and trade and offload all these assets minted on Hedera? but the entry point being, you know, a credit card or something like that. Can you talk a little more about maybe how that works a little bit? What maybe some of the challenges are that you guys have overcome? And then when you interact with the credit card, like then how does that value live in Galaxy? Like, are you holding this in hbar are you holding it in some other crypto I i think so many people are curious about this aspect
1: yeah it's actually a quite simple system and so for us uh we've partnered with circle um payments processor uh center consortium coinbase and basically um the flow is we want a let2 user who's familiar with you know, say it's an eight-year-old, and they're a big fan of Center Dimity, who sells video calls. I want them to be able to go in there and be like, mom, can I borrow your credit card to buy this video call? And so it's as simple as entering your own you know, card information and being able to check out. And what happens on our side is Circle runs, through, runs with it, and at the time, their card is um, debited of that amount. Um, and at the same time, USDC Hedera based USDC, which we're super excited about because you know people keep talking about how we want to up the liquidity of you know Hedera based USDC. I think the current market cap of it is you know less than 10 million, not big at all. Um, but hopefully, with a marketplace that's as large as you know as we aspire to be, hopefully we can add a lot to that. But anyway, USDC is minted in deposit initial contract. Once the event happens, the NFT is burned. USDC is sent to the uh, creator um, to the to available earnings for the creator to be able to claim out in the form of USDC or fiat um, through our withdrawal system. And so it's a very simple and fluid platform where you can take fiat to crypto back to cre- crypto or fiat. It's really meant to be interchangeable because we feel that the best user experience is not actually one that alienates web 2 or alienates web 3 but both of them must coexist and work together for you to get the best and maximal experience out of both
0: that i think that's so important like i think even um may chen from Hashpack tweeted out recently and I, I i mean people have been talking about this for a while like a bit like hedera is growing and it's really fantastic to see the growth but there are pillars that really are required for a network to truly be attractive to the broader crypto space and i think one of those is like a a high usage and a high liquidity of kind of an on-chain on stablecoin and like husdc is a great example of that and your platform leveraging that yeah that could that could definitely have um an impact so i think that's 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 really important and i mean you you know you rightfully said like this is a big app i mean you know, I'm using a version of it right now. It's really interesting. I've seen people tweeting about using Galaxy. And I mean, um, because there's so many components, it's been really interesting over the years watching um, the, the user experience continually become more refined and the product become more refined and focused. And I think that definitely a lot of people in the Hedera ecosystem had hoped galaxy had launched sooner but i think that that's true for a lot of different use cases and i think that of course the bear market is a component of that but i do think that there's you know unforeseen roadblocks and all sorts of different things like that i mean if you were if you were to have someone say to you solo like what's taking galaxy so long when is it coming you know what like what would be your response to that person um I would say that
1: I understand and feel you dog. I wish uh, it wasn't as long as it has been more than anyone, but I would say that uh you can't rush um you know perfection and not that we you know aspire to be perfect, but I mean the idea is we are doing things the right way and we are um you know very set on delivering a very high standard of product and we think Hedera deserves that and I think that's what Hedera honestly needs. Um, to be able to prove its worth to the broader ecosystem. Because I think all the sexy, cool projects that, you know, people have to learn about, you know, because the way people learn about Solana is not because of Solana, the blockchain network or anything like that. They learn about it because of some use case, oh, Tom Brady's doing something on what Solana. Okay. They learn that, right? Like they need a little bit of that. And so for us, the only way you're ever going to get to that level is that your product has to be able to be captivating within itself um, to to earn the market share or the time share of somebody's and I think for us, we just know that with given all the complexities and the difficulties of the technology that are currently being built, like Galaxy is also trying to solve for a lot of standard, you know, market-wide usability concerned issues with technology, and I think that we've solved a lot of those, and I think a lot of people might be happy with the. Pathway that we've uh, you know built because a lot of other projects will probably follow you know follow suit and you know do a lot of the things that we did um, that might have taken a long time but also allowed us to deliver and end a an product that will actually stick around and you know prove its worth over time and you know generally be uh, a long business and we also know knew that from the top because we were partnering with a blockchain that understands that or you know hashgraph. Um, just because Hedera has always said that it wanted to be a hundred year business or more. It never wanted to just be in for the short term and neither were we. So we aligned ourselves with such and, you know, are happy to say that we're at the end of that journey now.
0: The, and, and what you did just there is really interesting. It's um, I always talk about this on the show, how Hedera investors and community members and, and hashgraph enthusiasts, it's a really strange space to be in because not only is it like um, you know, this is a this is a DLT here and there are other dLTs. it's it's further segmented where it's like this is a hash graph, and then those are other things out there, like kind of blockchains or traditional dags or whatever, like there's there's all sorts of there's so much more separation and what you did there where you were like, you know, on blockchains or hash graphs, we've seen you know yourself but also even Lehman Baird and stuff when they're talking about Hedera they refer, they they call it a blockchain and i think that really illustrates um the approach that you know Hedera but also your use case kind of has to take where you're at conferences you have to call you have to call Hedera a blockchain because otherwise people aren't going to understand what you're talking about and i think that's part of what this is really about is like you, you hit the nail on the head. It's like what draws people's attention is some celebrity that 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 is, that is connects to them is doing something that they're interested in and it happens to be on this new type of platform they might learn about. So I imagine that's a challenge too is like depending on the audience, like how you describe certain things. Because I even see, I, I've had Lehman do that in the spaces too where it's like, on you know a blockchain or hash graph kind of almost correcting yourself of like oh right i'm talking to you know hedera people you know what i mean it's that's a really interesting observation that i've made watching some of these use cases like you guys present your ideas and even hedera too
1: yeah and it's also just like the the partners because we are we're very much an interface we're not like uh building any you know at this moment you know proprietary other than software any sort of You know, technology. And so, like, we have to build with, you know, partners like Circle to do payment processing. And if they don't support the ecosystem, that makes it a lot tougher for us if we want to, you know, stay on Hedera. Um, A lot of that was taking the long route and waiting for support to come in when it was available, not you know, doing what a lot of other projects did, unfortunately, and, you know, maybe hedge their bets or go elsewhere on another, you know, blockchain or, you know, take another layer one opportunity to try and accelerate their project. You know, we never did any of that.
0: Galaxy's been a ride or die, daring project for better or for worse when it comes to timelines. Right on. And then um, just, uh, uh, you know, two more questions here, which is, um, I think that Like, I mean, again, this has been a multi-year journey. You guys have had like tons of highlights and I'm sure tons of challenges and doing something that like is right in the spotlight of kind of the global consciousness right now, which is social media. What's going on with that? Everything's topsy-turvy. So when you look back at the journey so far with Galaxy, like if you could single out one thing, what's been the biggest challenge, right? Kind of like if if I knew this going into it, I wish I knew this going into it kind of thing. I'm re- I'm really curious if there's been like a m- big lesson or a, a main challenge that you've had to overcome.
1: I think the best uh, move we ever made was deciding to become a web app point blank period. Right. I think that was the best one because I think it made it a lot easier to develop. It made it a lot easier to be available to different types of people um, you know, out of the box, different jurisdictions, it would just be a lot different and a lot more difficult, even on the user experience from having to push Apple search payments on users. I think it just was a very, very, very uh, smart move to
0: have made when we made it. And I wish we would have made it sooner. Yeah. Huge. And then I might not like, I'll ask you one last thing and then, and then before you go, I'll ask you like an unrelated question just cause I'm curious to have your thoughts on it. But like, to on this uh, last thing on the social media front is like you know the standard question um you know the next five years again as someone in the space, how do you view the future of social media like when when you when you kind of take a minute and visualize like what things could kind of look like would it like what do you see what does the social media landscape look like over the next you know few years or five years
1: I think uh <laughs> a shameless plug but I have, uh, I have nothing but faith for our project I think we have a very very compelling product and a lot of the backing and support needed to uh, get it out there and so I think, uh, I think we will be a very big role I think we will play a very big role in the world of the creator economy which is a very huge subset of the world of social media and just media in general I think you're seeing a lot of entertainment being pushed to mobile first and people are spending a lot of money on mobile you know twitch streamers and like those people are getting signed to deals as if they're athletes nowadays and i think this uh, the idea of social media is going to be huge and i think uh we're in a very nice um niche of that to be able to capitalize on a lot of flow that continues to grow um and i think the the next part of social media and the ownership model that web3 enables uh will allow for things like DeFi and things like that to actually you know, actually empower and enforce ownership on platforms that we use. So platforms that adopt Web3 technologies are going to very easily be able to do that out of the box versus the ones that don't. And so I think that's going to be what, you know, helps push that next evolution. So that's kind of why we chose to build on Web3 technology, if you think about it, because of all those future opportunities uh, that we'll be able to, pursue given that we have a bit of a different infrastructure than what another platform might have
0: yeah 100 percent. i mean it's about having the confidence to like veer off the well-worn path into something new um and get a little bit uh ahead of the game it's like being on on the cutting edge without you know getting cut it's like it's a delicate balance but i i love the confidence i mean the social media landscape is going to change so much and i mean kind of the way that you guys are positioned using the app myself. Um I think you I think you guys have a a really great shot. I'm I'm very very excited to see what the future for Galaxy looks like. Um now veering off of the path that we're on now just before I let you go, I have to ask you, I mean, a huge story this or I guess technically last week was the ripple SEC stuff. I think it's top of mind for so many people. it's it's really been like a, a tectonic plate shifting I feel and years in the making. I and I mean you have a, you have a finance background. Um, it, like your, your expertise and knowledge is just always so impressive. I'm really curious like any hot takes or any kind of insights about the kind of SEC ripple situation uh, because I imagine you've kind of been watching that unfold.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of times I think, uh, I think what happened is honestly the SEC beat themselves. I don't think, uh, I mean, I, I obviously am a big fan of ripple. I tweet about XRP every now and then, and I in support of the project and own some too, happy holder. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, if you look at their case, it was you know, obviously very, very much so well put together. I think they had, the, they, they had proven sufficiently that they aren't currently breaking any securities laws and that they aren't a security and these laws don't apply to them. Um, and I think what happened was the SEC beat itself in that people have been calling for regulation for quite some time now and we've kicked the cow down the road and then tried to turn around and be like, oh, you can't do that because that's illegal. Um, I think we're just finding out that like a lot of that is just not going to fly, especially if you don't have a sol- solid argument or you know uh, a-, a case around why you're pursuing what you're pursuing. So I think it's like super positive for the industry, and I think it's going to be a uh, you know a net benefit to even you know people or you know people that are supporters of hashgraph just because we've uh, you know experienced. Uh, um, or we've been, we've been blessed to experience like what it, uh, like what a diligent, uh, you know, smart infrastructure and team does in order to, to, to not be at the crosshairs of some of this stuff too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and like, is this, is this kind of situation and, and, and this and kind of ruling, is this kind of, um, just a moment in time or is this truly something that could change the, the direction of things? Oh, I think it's going to change the direction of things.
1: I just think it's going to, I think it's just going to, I think the upcoming turmoil that we might experience and um, the, the hardship economic hardship, especially in the U S and stuff. That we might experience uh, might just push people to be a little bit more open to, you know, trying new emerging technologies and things like that. I think it's a, you know, I think the timing of it is really, really good. Just given what, what I just said.
0: Right on. Well, Solo. I really appreciate it. Um, I mean, like I said, I've been using the Galaxy app. I don't want to reveal too much. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's really interesting to just see that the product become more and more refined. And I mean, you guys are as confident as ever. So, I mean, it is, I'm hoping it's going to be a Galaxy summer. I mean, we'll have to see, but Sounds like you, sounds like, I mean, I've been watching your tweets you're putting out and I'm like, Oh my God, it sounds like something could, could be happening. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like you guys are really close.
1: Yeah. We're pretty close. We're pretty close. I'm excited to, I'm excited to, 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 I'm excited for the near future.
0: <laughs> I can tell you're trying to, to hold back from saying something. Yeah. But uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it as always. Love it. All right. Cheers, man. Peace. All right. So, wow. Um, you know, I think that on Hedera and, and kind of the Hashgraph world, it's like it's always been substance over hype, right? Well, turns out that uh, hype might be a, a nutritious part of this balanced breakfast. Um, and I'm hoping that soon, as I said, you know, maybe we're going to have a type of use case that's exciting. And I mean, there's Galaxy. And then there's, and then there's other ones kind of on side stage as well, right? Like we've got TuneFM, we've got Seeky, we've got, you know, and and then even some of these NFT marketplaces, some of the moves they're doing, we've got um, PixFi, right? Like a multi-chain kind of NFT marketplace kind of thing. But it's, it's these use cases that can break outside of the Hedera space, but also break outside of web three entirely crypto entirely out and connect with people and and you know as solo was saying a kid just like you know like like um i used to when i was a kid you know if like an online game like runescape or something and you you know borrow your parents credit card type it in and tap into a whole new world and exchange that value um being able to do that in a new way without without you know the 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 middle counterparties i think that that's exciting. I think that we need this right now. We need some cool use cases. And there's no shortage of cool use cases inside of Hedera. I could go on and on and on about all the cool community initiatives, creative initiatives. We've, you know, we're, we're, we're talking like music NFTs, gaming NFTs, AI, metaverse. Like there, there's all sorts of crazy things happening. But what is going to break through? What are people going to be talking about at the dinner table, Right. What's the app built on Hedera that mom and dad are going to be like, you know, Billy, you got to stop using the, you know, this app so long, you've been on your phone too long, you know, and just these, these, these products that people fall in love with. I think that's what it's all about. So now exciting fun stuff out of the way. Let's dive into the show, shall we? Um, So we were talking about the, uh, the XRP stuff just a moment ago with, uh, with solo. And I think that, you know, it, it really is kind of, it feels like that to me. It it doesn't feel like a complete, um, tidal wave, right? To me, it feels like pressure release almost. Um, when the news came out, excuse me, my goodness, I'm doing my best I can, you folks, I'm a little rusty, right? It's been two weeks. um, <clears throat> When I saw the news come out, it felt different. Like what being in the crypto space, when you see these kind of landmark articles and news and, and kind of breaking news happen, it, it hits a certain way. But this story felt different because it was this tension that kept building. It was this kind of elephant in the room. And it was beyond just a regulatory thing. It was beyond just a, a financial thing or a legal thing. It was a, it, it, it was very emotional. It was very, um, it, it, it just transcended that a little bit. And I think it was on so many different people's minds. And I think that we saw it even inside of Hedera. I think that this, this um, lack of clarity in regards to the regulatory landscape in this industry, it's the reason why things move slower, right? It's the reason why... Um it, in in the you know, the US, I think that there's there's much more caution. People are less inclined and, and enterprises and companies and use cases are less inclined to flip the switch per se. And <clears throat> this news just felt like like a pressure valve was released, right? It just felt like the elephant in the room had left. And it wasn't it didn't impact me in a way where it was like Oh, everything's different now, right? To me it felt like a roadblock had been removed and we could get back to business as usual. And I say that because elsewhere in the world this just isn't the case, right? I I talked to Rob Allen on the show from the Hashgraph Association and you know, talking about like fact is, you know, in other parts of the world and jurisdictions There's different regulatory climates and they have better approaches to um, regulating crypto. They have initiatives much more advanced and further along. So it's not it's it's very focused on this jurisdiction. And I mean, I'm in Canada here, right in Ottawa. So um, we're tethered in some way to the U.S. um, with are these economies being so intertwined. So it felt like a pressure release. It felt like things could get back to normal. And from the court, from the ruling, quote, since 2017, Ripple's programmatic sales represented less than 1% of the global XRP trading volume. Therefore, the vast majority of individuals who purchased XRP from digital asset exchanges did not invest their money in Ripple at all. An institutional buyer knowingly purchased XRP directly from Ripple pursuant to a contract, but the economic reality is that a programmatic buyer stood in the same shoes as a secondary market purchaser who did not know whom or what it was paying its money. Therefore, having considered the economic reality and totality of circumstances, the court concludes that Ripple's programmatic sales of XRP did not constitute the offer and sale of investment contracts. So basically, in most ways, you could say XRP is not a security, right? Now, of course, there are exceptions. Uh, There are slap on the wrists, Ripple will have to pay hefty fines for different things, but the key nugget there in this court ruling is, again, right. It's not a cross the finish line moment. It's not a throw your fist up in victory moment. It's a sigh of relief. We can get back to normal after years of this shadow, right? This 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 uh, storm cloud over us. Um, it's it's cleared. Now, this isn't to say that, you know, things are permanently going to be different. Um, It just means that the uh, pressure is off. And if this ruling would have gone the other way, which I don't think a lot of people saw happening, would not have been fun. It would have been painful. Um, So it's really good. Now, of course, going outside of my legal understanding and, of course, like not legal advice, not financial advice, blah, blah. You all know that. Um, It really brings into the limelight again how Hedera handled their initial sales of HBAR and investments using um, SAFT agreements, right? Simple agreement for future tokens and actually communicating with and and, um, filing with the SEC um, directly during that time. So it's not clear how that aligns with The regulatory landscape in the U.S. and what that's going to look like in the future. Again, there's so many different variables that we don't know yet that are falling into place. But that is something about Hedera that's a little different, right, than other networks. So as we as we see the waves of this, you know, fall back from the shore, that's something to look at. The early days of Hedera, they did things differently, right, and. What is the impact of that? I think we're going to see the impact of that as the year continues. So that'll be really interesting to see. Um, and let me see. What I did too, is I summarized a couple key points from this from this case. I want to move on with the show. We've got a lot of exciting things to talk about, but I don't want to leave any listeners without kind of just the, the Coles notes of the ripple case, the SEC stuff. So here's the Coles notes. A U.S. federal judge has partially sided with Ripple Labs in a Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC, lawsuit alleging that Ripple issued an unregistered security offering with its XRP token. The court ruled that while Ripple's institutional sales of XRP were found to constitute an unregistered securities offering, programmatic sales were not, right? Like we said, the court noted that since 2017, Ripple's programmatic sales represented less than 1% of the global XRP trading volume. The majority of individuals who purchased XRP from digital assets exchanges did not invest their money in Ripple at all. The summary judgment comes after a three-year-long legal battle and could set precedent for future token classification cases, right? And, And when you look at that, that's where it's very interesting with Hedera and their SAFT approach. Continuing... The judge granted part of the SEC's motion, right? It wasn't all it wasn't a straight win across the board. There's still, you know, pieces to pick up, right? The judge granted part of the SEC's motion pertaining to 728 million in institutional sales. At the time of the SEC's lawsuit in December 2020, the regulator called Ripple's XRP sales in total to 1.4 billion. The court ruled against Ripple's, quote, essential ingredient defense, in which Ripple argues that a physical contract must exist to be be considered an investment contract. The court evaluated the three-pronged Howey test in its ruling, finding that there was an investment of money, a common enterprise, and a reasonable expectation of profits to be derived from Ripple's efforts. The judge concluded that the SEC did not demonstrate that Ripple co-founder Chris Larson and CEO Brad Garlinghouse were aware that Ripple's transactions and schemes were illegal. In response to the ruling, Garlinghouse tweeted, quote, We were on the right side of the law and will be on the right side of history. The ruling comes months after the SEC classified nine other cryptocurrencies as securities in an enforcement action against former Coinbase employee for insider trading. And one month after it named nearly two dozen tokens across its Coinbase and Binance suits. The ruling may change the future approach of the SEC towards other cryptocurrencies. So again, is this a watershed moment? Is this, you know, a a big thing that's going to change everything? Um, We'll have to see. But at least for now, the pressure's off in that respect. Um, let's talk about something cool now. I mean, that's out of the way. We had to talk about that. Saucer swap is one of the most interesting use cases on Hedera because not only is it one of the most necessary, but it's also had one of the most interesting stories, right? Um It was a Dex that had aliens and cows and cool illustrations and strange NFTs of, you know, cows being beamed up into UFOs and this lively community. It's a little bit goofy, but under the surface, it leverages the Uniswap version two um, uh, protocol and brings a very traditional decentralized exchange approach to Hedera. And it did it way back. um, I believe it was the fall of last year. And I believe when it launched, there was hiccups, there was issues. It was delayed a week, um, a very colorful time in Hedera's history. But here's saucer swap now with well over 85% market share not including um, native staking in in regards to just TVL and basically they're now announcing um their version 2 tokenomics proposal and this kind of changes how the platform functions i wanted to have um some folks from from uh saucer swap on the show but i mean those guys are busy, and I mean, I want to give a shout out real quick to Peter. I mean, Peter's you know more than welcome on the show anytime. I was hoping that Joseph from uh, Saucer Swap could stop by today, but they're busy guys. I mean, this is a a major update to the Saucer Swap protocol. I think they've been slaving away on this for quite a while, and hoping to have them on the show soon because I've, I've got a lot of questions for them. So I'll save some of it for when I have them on the show because I have a feeling this is a story that's just beginning. Um, but I want to talk about some of the key points from what was discussed both on their recent Twitter spaces where they broke some of this down, but also um, their Medium article that they published. And basically, here's what this is all about, essentially. And again, I've i I'm gonna give you the Coles notes from this. Um the new basically the new version of this uh this this uh this protocol, this is going to uh, the key thing here is it's going to allow people who provide liquidity, right? The people who put their money into the system so others can trade to have more control over their money and potentially earn more fees. So it's basically about the platform being more granular right? Being able to operate not only in broad strokes. The new version is expected to be more efficient and cheaper to use than the current one, which could attract more users and make it more competitive. And not just competitive within the Hedera space, right? Because we do have other decentralized exchanges, right? We have um, H Suite, we've got Pangolin, we've got HeliSwap, we've got others that um, are smaller, but do bring other competitive edges to the table but also if we look at you know the approaching change of season right in regards to the markets becoming a little more bullish and then we look at the more broad competition on ethereum on cardano on um, solana on polygon all these other networks you start to look at saucer swap and you go you know how does it stack up to these other other decentralized exchanges on these other networks? And it really comes down to the fees, right? There's low fixed fees, and the way that the network functions could give Saucer Swap a competitive edge for people looking for other alternatives, and getting even more capital efficient, even having even lower fees, even more, um, even more, uh, you know earnings from these liquidity pools and, and opportunities and control just sets it further apart from dec- from dex's on other exchanges so that's really fascinating. Um, saucer swap is also promising to change the way its sauce tokens are distributed they want to reduce the number of new tokens being created by 60 percent over a six week period so that's a big chip that's a big shift. This change is meant to make the system less reliant on these tokens as a way to attract liquidity. Instead, they expect the higher fees from the new version to be a more attractive incentive. They also, sorry, they're also proposing to give a larger share of new tokens to the DAO, which is a decentralized autonomous organization. Basically, it's a community-run treasury, so a larger war chest for a decentralized community-run organization. Um, which is very, very interesting. Um, The DAO could then use these tokens to further incentivize people to provide liquidity in the new version of the system. They're also proposing to reduce the amount of HBAR that's being distributed to liquidity providers and instead give more of it to the DAO. Finally, they're proposing changes to their single-sided staking system, which is a way for people to earn rewards by staking, you know, locking up their tokens, sauce tokens. These changes are expected to increase rewards from this system by about fifty percent. That's very substantial. And finally, they're proposing changes to their. Or sorry, I already read that point. Now, they are. There, this is kind of still an open discussion, and it's being deliberated. The place to deliberate, as far as I understand, is in the PEC channel in the Saucer Swap Discord. So it's a token gated channel for anyone that. Um, owns those Epoch NFTs with the cows, with the UFOs getting sucked up and abducted. If you own one of those, you can participate in discussions surrounding this um, with the team. So it's as of yesterday, this is entering a period of community discussion, deliberation debate. Um, now there's a couple key points I want to read verbatim from the article. Um, saucer swap um is basically the LPs going forward have the capacity to provide liquidity with up to 4,000 times capital efficiency in comparison to SaucerSwap version 1, thus receiving elevated returns on their capital. Capital efficiency allows for trades to be executed with greatly reduced price impact in comparison to both centralized exchanges and stablecoin-focused AAMs, Or sorry, AMMs. The LPs have the opportunity to increase their exposure to the desired assets and mitigate their downside risk. And the LPs have the ability to trade one asset for another by depositing liquidity into a price range entirely above or below the current market price, emulating a fee earning limit order that executes along a smooth curve. So basically, as the platform increases its capacity to become more um, granular, one of the things I heard talked about on the uh, on the um, spaces that they did is being able to have, for example, arbitrage opportunities that are much smaller, right? because the fees will be much much lower and much more easily controlled. Also, um, the ability to to have smaller price impacts, and be able to do larger orders on a decentralized exchange. It's all really, really interesting stuff. And again, I'm looking forward to catching up with the Saucer Swap team on the show. I have questions for them. Um, You know, stuff like, I mean, some of the stuff that I want to ask them is like, um, well, actually another really interesting tidbit uh, about all this news is they're no longer dependent on um, the HBAR Foundation for funding, right? So that's one thing also to keep in mind is As a lot of these use cases boot up on Hedera, they receive financial support for some of these emissions and rewards from the HBAR Foundation. SaucerSwap is not using the HBAR Foundation for any of that. So running kind of entirely off of its own momentum. So that's something else to keep in mind as well as this new version two tokenomics proposal is released. It's a very important piece to that. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm interested in what the next side, next phases of single sided staking look like, you know, some of these new NFTs, they're talking about how some of this voting is going to be performed. Um, And, you know, I think that I would love to learn more about these kind of quote, fee earning limit orders, right? That's very fascinating to me. Um, Just I feel like there's so many nooks and crannies to this announcement. I think it's going to be a a bit of time unpacking a lot of this, but that's the big news about saucer swap. And I think the best way to learn more is get into the discord, go into that, um, that channel for uh, the epoch NFT holders and dive into it and start asking questions. Um, It's moving to, um, you know, all different models just learn about this stuff. I, I if you're a sauce holder, if you're an investor in this use case, uh, there's a big change happening to this use case. Uh, and now's an opportunity to keep up with it. Um, so let's dive into some other stuff. Let's let, let's just let's just get some news out of the way. Um, some other stuff is bah, 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 bah. Um, so Hedera Governing Council member FIS Global. Right. If you go on the Hedera website, they're a governing council member. A big element of FIS is WorldPay. And we've heard about use cases built uh, by WorldPay leveraging Hedera. FIS is reportedly in talks to sell the majority stake in WorldPay for $15 billion. So as we have Hedera governing council members that are large enterprises. It also goes in hand with these types of activities, these sales, these mergers and acquisitions, all these different types of things and this is something to keep in mind is I'll give you a great example if you look at Avery Dennison and atma i o right atma iO is the use case driving a lot of the um the transaction volume on the network and iO is a subsidiary of Avery Dennison, right, and Avery Dennison is a governing council member. If we look at this news of FIS, you know, getting ready to sell a majority stake in WorldPay for fifteen billion, it's very similar to an announcement of Avery Dennison selling a major stake in something like Atma IO. Um, now, again, it's not one for one. That's that's a very kind of flawed example, but just trying to illustrate the weight of some of these decisions. Um, very interesting stuff. Um, and I think that there's there's as much as we talk about activity happening in the dairy ecosystem, the, the broader crypto ecosystem, because we have so many giant companies on the governing council, there's also tons of stuff happening with them. And a lot of it is behind closed doors, right? A lot of these uh, companies may not be publicly traded. So there's also tons of um, fascinating things that happen in that respect that will have an impact on this network, how it's governed and the bo- the governing council. So that's an interesting headline, one to watch. I'm sure that we're going to see more news coming out about that. Hedera has upgraded, or sorry, updated their roadmap page, and they've reorganized it um, into different categories. So we've got prioritized for development, planned for development, and In development. Um, So, prioritized for development, we've got things like um, smart contracts, which would uh, be um, EVM third party tooling support, um, token association improvements, and community nodes, um, which was pushed down the roadmap um, as the months and probably years have rolled on. Absent from this roadmap is specific dates or just general quarterly um, segmenting of this roadmap, which is interesting. It's just now kind of, as I said, prioritization, planning, and whether something's currently in development. Something that's planned for development um, is uh, new Mirror Node Explorers uh, and EVM developer support. Um, And then things currently in development are paired sponsored account creation um hyper bezu updates um the graph support um which i think is an important one that a lot of people have been talking about um smart contract traceability um updates to the smart contract security model um a bunch of different stuff uh json rpc relay performance improvements um a lot of different stuff uh there's a couple other things added here like local node improvements and disaster recovery enhancements so some really technical stuff, but there are things absent, right? Like I talk about hip six, four, seven, which is, or sorry, six, five, seven, which is, um, mutable metadata with that metadata update key. You've been seeing me and other people in the community going on and on and on about that. That's not on the public roadmap. Like there's just other things that the community is hungry for that are absent from this roadmap. Um, this roadmap doesn't really bring a lot of extra clarity. Um, so I would say that this is definitely an underwhelming update uh, from Hedera. Also, the fact that if we go to um, if we go to ecosystem, the ecosystem page on Hedera, um, when we look at wallets, some wallets aren't on the uh, the, the Hedera website anymore. Walla Wallet um, is absent. Um, and I think that some other wallets are listed on there, uh, because they're more than a wallet, right? Maybe they have a DAP browser or something, but some of these wallets that, that just effectively function as a wallet. And I mean, Wallet wallet has a great iOS app, I, you know, I think that if you're, you're in the crypto space, you definitely use multiple wallets. Some do some things better than others. Um, but it's really strange. Like that's, it's really weird that you have, um, a situation where just wallets are taken down off the website. Not 100% sure what the reasoning is. Um, maybe Hedera is becoming less of a community oriented um, uh, brand, and maybe that's going to be offload to the HBAR Foundation. I'm not sure, but it was just weird. Browsing the Hedera website, things are changing, focuses are changing. Um, they got the cool new design, it's groovy. I think overall the new Hedera website's great, but. A little bit strange on the ecosystem page, a little bit strange on the roadmap page. We'll have to see. Um, Not really the direction that I expected, right? I'm hoping that things become more transparent, more inclusive, um, but that may not be the case in some ways, but we'll have to see, right? I assume it's for good reason. Um. An interesting thing, just kind of on the rumor uh, breadcrumb type thing, just a quick mention is uh, there's a there's a big headline out um, on July 13th. Uh, Basically, the headline is Google Play changes their policy on tokenized digital assets, allowing NFTs in apps and games. The company is opening up to the ability for developers to let users buy, sell, or earn digital assets and apps as long as they maintain transparency and adhere to other rules. So obviously some of these app stores, these walled gardens are starting to open up a little bit to Web3, right? And Google obviously making their foray into these changes. Google is also a governing council member on Hedera. It's clear that Google is definitely moving forward into web three at a quicker clip than the likes of Apple, right? That we just, you know, I had solo on the show um, just earlier and, you know, solo talking about what a nightmare it is to deal with the Apple store. And this is competition, right? We see Apple make all sorts of different controversial decisions, right? Very famously... Decades ago, being the first computer company to get rid of um, the floppy disk uh, drive or get rid of um, the old ports for mice, keyboards and printers and going exclusively USB. Um, they're very innovative in a lot of ways, but also Apple sometimes makes decisions that seem counter counterintuitive in a whole other way very currently is, you know, the lightning port, right? That I got on my iPhone right now and different jurisdictions say, you've got to start using USB-C, right? You have to start using something more compatible, more universal. And Apple, you know, kicking their heels and dragging their feet. Turns out they're going to go along with it. And when we look at the web three space, you know, clearly, we want the Apple that got rid of the US, that got rid of um, the floppy disk port, that did something wild and innovative and against the grain, right? That's not the Apple that we're getting here. the The Apple we're getting here is just so um, abrasive to Web three in general. Like we've seen struggles that all sorts of different apps and networks have trying to penetrate the Apple ecosystem with these thirty percent charges on network fees and all these different types of things. Google's doing it. Others will do it too. There will be competition. Apple will be forced to compete in turn. And we've talked about the connections that Apple has to organizations and initiatives that Hedera also has connections to. So, you know, I put my thinking hat on it. I'm like, man, um, Apple feels a lot of ways like the peanut butter app to Hedera's jelly. Um, when is that going to happen? I don't know. Seems like it may happen a little quicker with Google being as bold as it is being. And we'll have to see what this looks like on Google's end. Um this is also this is a neat story here. So Polygon, shout out to the Polygon network. They put together a website called The Value Prop. And this is something I'm seeing um just now that Web3 really has started to branch beyond just glorified demos or kind of insular use cases that are focused around decentralized finance or NFTs and truly now starting to see enterprise use cases um, and, and kind of larger scale stuff is now we see networks, you know, like Polygon, like Hedera, like Ethereum wanting to surface a lot of these and say, listen, this stuff is currently happening, right? These are currently running right now on these DLT networks and they're running because enterprises built them. This is no longer just the Wild West in every way. This is something real. And on the value prop website from Polygon, you can sort... By network, and if you look at the use cases from Hedera, we see um, Audify, right? Some that I that, that um, I'm not super steeped in, something like Audify. Audify combines blockchain and AI to develop modern modular supply chain management and cross border payment uh, platforms. So interesting stuff, right? Um, built leveraging Hedera. We've got stuff we've talked about too, like Diamond Standard. Um, everywhere, ServiceNow, Neuron, Toko, Timeless, the Coupon Bureau, Docs Tribute. So there's a lot of interesting stuff happening, and it's great to see Hedera use cases being thrown into the broader crypto Web3 soup of show-and-tell for the broader world. Um, And Hedera is pretty standout. And I think that seeing some of these other um, larger networks taking this approach we saw with coinbase too right coinbase just on the last show we talked about how they used um acor which is a um uh, health industry use case built on hedera coinbase highlighted acor as you know something similar as a value prop for web3 so um you could look at hedera being enterprise focused um, for better or for worse, but I think for the better, if people want to have, you know, value prop for Web3, you can go on the Hedera ecosystem page. You might see some wallets missing, but you'll see some cool stuff. Um, let's talk about something kind of wacky. Uh, this is probably one of the wackiest stories that I've seen in the ecosystem and also one that um, we've talked about before, but we talked about it last year on the show. And this is a new deep dive published on the Hedera community subreddit, and it's, it's regarding ExxonMobil. So let's just dive into it. I've got a couple notes here. The post on the Hedera subreddit discusses Hedera's potential involvement in the oil and gas industry, specifically focusing on ExxonMobil. And its use of blockchain technology for energy. Hedera is actively um, looking at the oil and gas industry for a potential governing council candidate to meet its industry diversification criteria. Because remember, one of the key aspects of the governing council is that diversification amongst all sorts of different industries and geographies. And the oil and gas industry is one that is ripe for innovation. That probably would be great to have a seat at the table on the on the Hedera governing council, and I get that people kind of go, whoa, 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 right? This kind of goes against everything that Hedera is about. Hedera is the network that says we're you know bajillion times more efficient than you know Visa, and we use. You know, the the power of a light bulb to power the network for 100 years. You know, I mean, that's that's not accurate. That's not true. But you get what I'm saying is Hedera is the green sustainable network. Why on, you know, God's green earth would we have ExxonMobil or a similar organization on the Governing Council? Well, these companies have initiatives and use cases to, you know, survive the changes that are happening in the world. Um, The stone age didn't end because we ran out of rocks and the oil and gas and, you know, age won't end because we ran out of oil and gas. Um, Times change and these companies are going to have to change with it. And part of this is um, be able to leverage these new technologies. So Exxon Mobil, a major oil and gas corporation, has a division called low carbon solutions. Ding, ding, ding. That aims to lower emissions in hard to decarbonize sectors using a combination of lower emission fuels, hydrogen and carbon capture and storage. Now, we know that a lot of those initiatives, quite frankly, are bullshit in that industry. They don't actually do anything beneficial, but it can be argued that the carbon offset and tracking industry that Hedera is deeply steeped in also is bullshit. And the key is leveraging DLTs to have that prominence, that trust, that matchup of the buy and sell side and create these new marketplaces to verify, like, were those trees planted? Was this carbon sequestered? Um, And those are the key challenges. And with companies like ExxonMobil that have these mandates in place, it's very attractive. So... Blockchain for Energy, the acronym being B4E, is a nonprofit organization made up of industry experts from major energy companies, including ExxonMobil. B4E is focused on leveraging blockchain technology to maximize efficiencies, reduce costs, and improve timelines and drive industry transformation. Richard Dwell, an ESG technical advisor with B4E, is also the founder of. Reared in digital assets, which participated in a Hedera base camp, and it, and built the Serapis system. Serapis system. Okay, this system enables companies to measure, report, and verify greenhouse gas emissions on the Hedera hashgraph. So, see, kind of what's happening here is it's just people. It's people trying to find. Services and products that can meet these mandates at these various companies, right? Richard Dwell, same guy, and Raj Rabka, Exxon's representative on the B4E, have co-hosted multiple ESG events and panel discussions. One of these sessions, quote, ESG Fantasy League, Addressing the Missing Links, explored the depth and breadth of the ESG issue and how the blockchain ESG Fantasy League addresses the missing links. Jody Trantham, an executive advisor with ExxonMobil, appears to be a vocal supporter of Hedera Hashgraph based on their LinkedIn activity. And this is really interesting, guys. Now, again, let's load up this LinkedIn profile and let's take a peek at what's going on. So Jody Trantham, right? An, ex- an execution advisor at ExxonMobil, right? that's They've been that role for four years and 10 months in Houston, Texas, very close to the Hashgraph headquarters. Hmm. Um, maybe I'll connect with them on LinkedIn right now, see if they accept my invitation. Just another fellow H-Barbarian, and I can tell because they have the H-Bar symbol in their name on LinkedIn. I'm not kidding. It's Jody with the little H with the squiggle, Trantham on LinkedIn, ex, ex, you know, execution advisor at ExxonMobil. And we talked about this last year on the show, that there was this ExxonMobil person on LinkedIn that has the H bar symbol in their username. Like that's wild. That's crazy. Interacting with all sorts of Hedera content. You can't ignore that. ExxonMobil conducted a pilot in June 2022 to supply flared gas for Bitcoin mining in order to make use of natural gas that would otherwise be wasted at sites around the world. So not only are other sites set on these types of technologies, they're already experimenting with use cases in production. The comments on this Reddit post are mostly speculative and discuss potential connections between ExxonMobil, Hedera, and the broader oil and gas industry. And some users express excitement about the potential for collaboration, while others caution that the connection is not confirmed and remains speculative. It's pure speculation. It's a big old breadcrumb and we'll just have to see. But it's clear that these companies, these oil and gas companies are going to live or die by their investment in new technologies. And the technologies that are most relevant for them are technologies that are being built on Hedera Hashgraph and the connections are there, right? We've watched this story unfold over the years and I think we'll just have to keep watching it unfold, but worth the update. It's very cool. Um, A cool update from Christian Hasker, who folks are familiar with, the head of marketing at Hedera, um, has told us that the council meeting minutes for May and June are likely coming this week or next week. So a lot of folks have been asking, where are those Governing Council meeting minutes from May and June? Those were really important. When are we going to get those? We've been asking. And just a couple of days ago, Christian Hasker said they're coming and they'll be posted in the coming days, if approved. So this week, very well, we could see those Governing Council meeting minutes. And of course, on the next episode of the show, we're going to chop it up. We're going to see what's going on. So I'm very, very curious. you know who does a great summary of these meeting minutes is uh Man the H Barbarian um, on Twitter um, absolutely fantastic and, uh, for folks listening right now um you know on Twitter, share the space. the more the merrier we we have uh, a few more stories to talk about a few more very interesting stories. um It's a bit of a longer show, right? I wasn't here last week, so we got a lot to cover. I don't want anyone to miss it. Um, And for folks listening to the recording on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, leave a like, leave a subscribe, leave a rating. It helps the show. Really appreciate it. Um, You know, like I said, we're averaging about 500 listeners per episode on Twitter Spaces, a couple hundred listeners on YouTube, and a couple hundred listeners on different platforms. I mean, we're well over a thousand listeners per episode, and... It, you know the the growth is increasing. We've got hundreds of dollars in donations coming in. We got new equipment that's coming into the show. This stuff's growing. It's all supported by the community. so really greatly appreciate it. Um, and it's probably one of my favorite things to do. I mean, I'm just chilling here. It's a Sunday night um, my wife is out uh, walking dogs and pet sitting you know that's what she does. she loves doing it. and I'm just chilling here talking about stuff I love on a Sunday. Um, I don't think there could be anything better, and you know it's 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 growing it's something actually you know it's not just a hobby it's something people actually depend on so it's like it's so cool um another piece of interesting news kind of stepping outside of the Hedera space is Twitter has received its first three money transmitter licenses for payment services in the u s so as we're seeing the one two punches between Twitter and threads, we see Twitter come in with these money transmitter licenses, which basically mean that Twitter can become an intermediary for payments and these different types of things. And does that mean that Twitter is just going to be operating in fiat? Does it also mean that they're going to venture into becoming a kind of exchange similar to Galaxy and, you know, using... Different tokenized assets on different networks, and being able to not only subscribe with your credit card to folks on Twitter, but also in crypto. Could we pay for our Twitter Blue subscription in Bitcoin? I don't know, but some more, you know, doorways are opening. Twitter has been on the ropes a little bit. I haven't been entirely happy with some of the things that they're doing, but it is interesting nonetheless. And I think that there's a lot of innovation happening, um, and with Threads in the uh, in the you know the arena now. It's going to be really interesting to see what's going on. Um, Following up on something that happened way, 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 way back in early March, March 9th to be exact. Remember, there was that attack on Hedera where 600,000 worth of tokenized assets were stolen from the network. The network um, node proxies were turned off. So Hedera was still running. But access... To the internet was shut off to protect the network in its early phase um, from this type of attack. I don't want to do too much of a deep dive, but um, at Hadera Dev on Twitter, also known as Milan, um, basically um, provided an update in where these funds have gone, and these funds um, have been transferred through Tornado Cash a month after the exploit. So in April and totaling over 300 Ethereum. So April 10th and 13th, these funds went bye-bye through Tornado Cash. Um, and that's basically the update. And this was shared um, last week. So I just wanted to kind of loop people into it. It was a major kind of um, episode that where we kind of talked about this attack. Um, and that's kind of, where we stand is that stuff's gone. And, um, the, the silver lining to this is we learned a lot about the network and, uh, Milan on Twitter, go check out the post. It's in the thread pinned to the top of the spaces. He did a great job of breaking down all the different things happening on the network, where the funds went, how the exploit unfolded, really fascinating stuff. Um, so definitely check that out and shout out. Um, also too. um, Uh, He mentioned that the tool being used um, was... uh, Let me see here. They responded to my tweet in the thread here. Um, There's a tool called... um, There's a tool called um, App Breadcrumbs, which is basically a community-powered crypto analysis tool. It would be great to have... um, They... This kind of supported for Hedera because um, it's really easy to kind of sleuth around on Ethereum with a tool like this. But again, with an attack like this in our rearview mirror, having a tool like this on this network would be really beneficial. So shout out to App Breadcrumbs. This is an app we need on Hedera. Let's figure out how to make it happen. Um, What else is going on? Oh, there's a there's a hip called hip Five Forty. Um, that's been added to the roadmap on Hedera. I think I talked about it previously. Um, This is about changing or removing existing keys from a token. And this is really important. Um, This is going to help reduce counterparty risk for NFT holders on Hedera. Um, There's many NFTs that were minted back in the day that inadvertently contained keys like an admin key or a wipe key or something that would give a kind of inherent risk Two NFT holders, and there is there has been no way to remove these keys um, on these assets. Uh, they're kind of just stuck on there, and the, the the lack of ability to remove those keys on these NFTs creates that risk. And there's many creators and collectors that have kind of gone like, you know, we need to be able to get rid of these, and there just hasn't been a way technically to do that. So this hip. Um, 540 creates a way to do that, and it could have um, a, a big effect on the NFT market just in regards to general risk of these NFTs that have these keys that could you know, wipe out your wallet or um, burn these NFTs, um, just have that risk removed entirely, which is very, very interesting because, again, a lot of people had these keys programmed in and they didn't intend for that to happen. Um, so that's really important. Update on the hash pack side, they've integrated the X Marketplace. So now you can purchase, buy, sell NFTs directly inside the wallet through this integration. So um, that's really, really exciting. Um, and I think that, again, as we talk about these s- certain apps like Galaxy becoming more robust and making these kind of elements of the network more accessible to non crypto people, having a marketplace extended to and built inside of a wallet just kind of tears down some of those barriers. So that's a great update. Check it out. Shout out to Hashpack. Um, another interesting news item is uh, the Montes Group announces successful tokenization of U- UK equities in the FCA sandbox. Um, with Archax and DLA Piper on Hedera, um, so there are HTS tokens that you can view on HashScan or other network explorers. But there is activity happening on the mainnet. The token name is AMG, and uh, there's a little quote here from the article: "The tokenization process executed in collaboration with Archax custody and DLA Piper converted the equities already held at Archax nominees under." a token issuance agreement. The minted tokens adhere to the HTS fungible ERC-20 standard and are securely custodied in an ARCHX nominee's wallet on Hedera. So um, really, really interesting. Um, and I think that you know, when you look at DLA Piper, when you look at Aberdeen on the Governing Council, there has been billions of assets minted um, on the actual hash graph. And that's where we see folks like Scott Teal from DLA Piper talking about um, concepts like TVR, right, total value represented, versus TVL. So that's been something really, really interesting to watch unfold. Um, and also, let's look and see if we got some other news items to get out of the way. Um, this is something really interesting from uh, King Solomon in the uh, in the community. A little bit of a laser-eyed. Um, observation here, which is Avery Dennison, right? We were talking about them before with their Atma Io platform driving the majority of transactions on the network. Um, Avery Dennison partners with TexAid to explore how technology can enable traceability of garments through the sorting and recycling process. So a different type of use case still in kind of the supply chain space focused on um, garments, um, and there's a little excerpt from this release, too, which is, quote, digital identifiers tracked via Avery Dennison's IO connected product cloud platform carrying vital fiber information will aid Texaid to process apparel into relevant resale or recycled streams. So this ties a little bit into what we saw from Atma.io, where we saw it being leveraged for a secondary clothing market use case, which was kind of secondhand clothing, tracking the product through its life cycle. Now we're actually talking about the raw materials being reused. It's really exciting stuff. Um, so that's, I'd say, uh, arguably a major development in the IO platform, which is effectively a new large-scale customer that wants to use that platform in, in a whole new way, which is really interesting. Um, also, when we talk about these different types of things you have to mention the guardian platform so uh the uh, envision blockchain um organization is developing this guardian platform and the guardian platform is basically a tech stack that allows use cases like at or dovu or any of these other kind of esg renewable finance use cases to function because the guardian um platform allows some of these different um you know carbon assets to actually be moved through the system with that providence with that trust and they've been doing a lot of activity on testnet i think that a lot of people have been watching testnet seeing these transactions ramp up and wondering what's going on and on the 13th envision blockchain published a tweet um that you know really I'll, I'll talk about something funny but Uh, They shared some statistics over the last five months. And again, this is testnet activity, but it can kind of maybe paint a picture of what we could see coming to the mainnet on Hedera. And I'll just share some of these numbers that they have outlined. So they've created 12,500 topics, right? HCS topics on the Hedera Consensus Service. 250,000 messages have been sent to those topics, 361 fungible tokens have been created and this is very funny i said that 181 million fungible tokens were minted on the hedera testnet which is crazy um, and really fascinating to see the breadth of this use case but when i tweeted that envision blockchain actually replied to me and they said no 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 no, no. it's not actually 181 million It's 181 billion, 181 billion fungible tokens minted. Um, So that's really interesting. And it kind of, again, shows the scale of the use case. Um, There were 3,500 NFTs created and um, 3.9 million NFTs minted. Let me say that again. Almost 4 million NFTs minted within the last five months. That's crazy. From one use case. So if that does anything, let it paint a picture of what could be coming to the Hedera mainnet. And it's also worth mentioning that, again, revenue is a big concern for Hedera and the transactions moving through the mainnet right now, although they're impressive at, you know, the, you know, a thousand or 2000 transactions per second. Again, they're consensus transactions. They don't actually generate a lot of revenue. But those other types of transactions like fungible token transactions, non-fungible token transactions, those generate much more revenue. So as we see a further diversified pool of transactions on the mainnet, it means a sharp tick up in revenue for Hedera. That is a really good thing that we need to see. And seeing this testnet activity it really paints an exciting picture for the mainnet, but we'll have to see, right? We're really going to have to see what's going on. Um, Parabolic HBAR, a.k.a. Sivo sent out a tweet that said, quote, let's get a pulse on the HBAR community. As an HBAR holder, what grade would you give Hedera right now? An A, a B, a C, or a D slash F? With 890 votes, 50% of people said A, 27% said B, 14% said C, and 8% said a D or an F. And there's a lot of really great conversation in this post um, that I think you should dive into. This tweet is in the Twitter thread pinned to the top of the spaces. So I encourage you to dive in and, and read through it because it has a lot of interesting debate and insights but I just wanted to share um, that um, 50.1% of people give Hedera an A, right? So that's good in just regards to sentiment. Um, but there is definitely a lot of room for improvement and a lot of that is discussed very, I'd say very similarly and eloquently in that tw- in that Twitter thread uh, shared. So check it out. Shout out to sivo um, always sparking the, I think, really important discussions. Um an ominous warning has been sent by President Hodel, a.k.a. John Wingate from Bank Social, uh, you know, Hedera, OG, etc., etc., etc. This warning has been issued to the entire crypto community. I will read this quote from John. I have a feeling we're going to hear about another big time custodian slash exchange going down soon. Within 60 days, get your keys and get your crypto if they haven't already been locked. Um, So this is really important to talk about. And again, this is purely speculative. The only reason I bring it up is just because John Wingate is um, definitely in this wheelhouse. And there's a couple questions the community asked. So someone asks, Thank you for this insight on a scale of one to 10. How big of an exchange are we talking about? John says an eight or a nine. So big, um, specifically maybe a 5 billion plus in value. So a, a big exchange, um, someone says, LOL, do you mean bank of America? Um, not bank of America, but again, definitely, um, one something to keep an eye out. We we are not over the hump. Um that is for sure. So keep your eyes peeled, keep your ears to the ground, stay alert, um, heed all warnings, but also remember that it's purely speculative. Um another interesting t- t- statistic. excuse me. It's all how long has it been? We've almost been two hours. Bear with me guys. Again, I'm a little rusty. Let me try this again. Um just in the number of new monthly crypto startups has fallen off a cliff since early 2022 down almost 98%. So the monthly number of new crypto startups was at 120 in 2018. It was at 80 in 2022 and it is at single digits right now in regards to new monthly crypto startups. Um, we are for sure at or approaching the bottom. That's all I'll say. But a shocking and interesting statistic, um, there's nowhere to go but up. Um, and to cap it off today, I want to talk about another interesting rumor slash breadcrumb tidbit from the Hedera community subreddit. Um, this involves IBM. So, Ligon is a blockchain-based bank uh, grantee platform formed by ANZ Bank that we've talked about, the Commonwealth Bank of Australia, and Westpac alongside IBM and shopping center company Skek Center Group. Weird, spelt with an S and a C. Strange. Ligon is a market operator for creating and managing digital instruments that eradicates the plan- the pain points of paper. Built upon Hyperledger fabric and the IBM blockchain platform, Ligon brings speed and trust to financial agreements. So what's going on with these breadcrumbs? What's actually happening? Is there a new use case coming to Hedera that's tied to IBM? The Reddit posts discuss Ligon, right? a blockchain-based grantee platform built by ANZ Bank, the Commonwealth Bank of Australia, and Westpac alongside IBM. Ligon builds upon the Hyperledger fabric. The Post mentions that Nigel Dobson, banking services lead at ANZ Group that we've talked about, who is a vocal supporter of Hedera, was instrumental in the decision to digitize the bank grantee process using blockchain the LIGON platform allows a tenant to request a grantee online, a landlord to set the terms, and the tenant to back or the, the tenant and bank to review the grantee. These digital grantees are legally enforceable online bank grantees that can be issued, amended, and canceled with the click of a button. The Post speculates that given the close connections with Hedera, And Ligon's focus on alternate DLTs and use of the IBM blockchain platform, it is quite possible that they may be using the Hedera consensus service as its consensus mechanism at the back end. The comments on the post are mostly speculative and discuss potential connections between Ligon and Hedera. Some users express excitement about the potential for collaboration, while others caution this connection is not confirmed and remains speculative. And again... That is the definition of a breadcrumb, folks. It is not a whole loaf. It's not even a whole piece of bread. It's just these little morsels that get us by in a bear market. Some comments discuss the potential benefits of such partnership, including increased speed and trust in financial agreements and the potential for LIGON to leverage the Hedera consensus service. Other comments discuss the broader implications of blockchain technology in the banking and financial sectors and the potential for blockchain to revolutionize these industries. So we've heard it time and time again, but another one to add to the pile, another spinning plate to keep track of. Ligon. Are they building on Hedera? Um, I'm sure we'll find out. And I'm sure that I will talk about it on this show. So another week behind us and another week ahead. A huge shout out to everyone listening live on the Twitter spaces right now. Another shout out to everyone listening to the recording on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, and an extra, extra, extra shout out to everyone making a contribution to the show, a.k.a. sending some H-Bar to the show. I've got to get a new mixing console. I've got a new microphone that I'm using that I've borrowed from my good friend Joshua at my creative firm, Dirksen & Davenport Incorporated. It's a very cool microphone. I'm going to get the mixer. I'm going to sound a lot better. And the show production is going to happen a lot faster. Um, And I mean, it's all again, due to people literally just contributing H bar. I've been approached with different sponsorships and different deals, um, advertising potentially. I don't want to do that. I put out a video months ago saying like, Hey guys, I don't want to do advertising. I don't want to sponsor the show. I just would like to be able to make the show better. And I'll just keep doing it as is. I love doing it. But if you'd like the show to be better and you'd like me to sound better, maybe have some music, be able to play some clips, have some new gear, it's up to you guys. I mean, just the best way to communicate to me that you want the show to be better is send some H-bar and I'll put it to good use. It's really simple. Um, And I have a lot of ideas that I want to do, but they definitely take time. So together, we're going to keep growing this. Um, And the theme of the show this week was seasons change um and i think that with you know the recent um sec ripple um uh, court ruling um i think with a lot of the price action that we've been seeing in other assets um i think as well with some of the things we're seeing just within the, the hedera ecosystem like increased tps on the network or new use cases potentially coming online like Galaxy or existing use cases that are experiencing a lot of growth and improvements, such as saucer swap. Um, even in this bear market, as we're seeing kind of folks drop left to right, people that are remaining that actually are bringing value, they're kind of thriving a little bit. And with some of this pressure released, I think that, Maybe there's a change of season, right? I think that you can kind of feel it a little bit. Um, And I think it's very interesting to see um, the sentiment around this. I know that things are still kind of bottomed out, um, but we're kind of remembering what a light at the end of the tunnel looks like. And I think that one may be soon approaching. And also too, I think that there's all sorts of other elements happening that we're not even factoring in right we talked about um that value proposition from polygon and coinbase highlighting um acor um, which is a use case built on hedera i think that it it also too like even you know 50 million dollars worth of diamonds being tokenized on the network through um, diamond standard or billions of um mutual fund assets being tokenized on the network through governing council members um this is real right and these are things that are being highlighted to the broader public and to enterprises it just feels like something is changing in a big way so we'll have to see but i think that you know we're we're literally in the second half we're 2 weeks into the second half of 2023, right? The roadmap has been updated on Hedera. Um there's just so many fundamental things happening. Pressure being released. It's just going to be very interesting to see um this high pressure system move on, right? Thanks for tuning in to Hashgraph Enthusiast News and Rivers episode 83 broadcast live on Twitter Spaces every Sunday. At 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, and made available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Those go live every Monday. Get all the info you need about the show and listen to past episodes at itsbrandond.com slash hbar. Also a huge shout out to Solo C-Safe from uh, Galaxy for hopping on the show. Um, Speaking with him is always a pleasure. Um, I think everybody is patiently waiting for that use case to go live. Um, I feel that he is also one of those people as well. Um, I will say I'm using the new version of it right now. It's on mainnet. So it's real stuff and it's very interesting. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but I just did. Uh, maybe I'll get uh, an angry DM. Who knows? Maybe I'll be kicked off the platform, but honestly worth it just to let, you know, folks know that is really cool um, and it works really well. Uh, so just good science, good news. Uh, so hopefully I didn't step on any toes, but I mean it's a, it's a vibe. So when you get a chance to check out Calyx, do it. It's very interesting. Like you said, it's a digital wallet, and it's an NFT marketplace um, where you create, buy, and sell NFTs inside of DMs. Right. So that's kind of wild. You know what? It's actually interesting. Um, it's it, this is the, Galaxy is really an original use case on the network. And I just realized this when when Solo was talking about. Um, people that, about this use case, about Calyx effectively being an, an NFT marketplace living inside of your DMs, right? When you're messaging a celebrity looking for a video call or voting on something or whatever, that's an NFT being minted, bought and sold, a value exchange, the NFT burned. Um, how did the NFT ecosystem start out on hadira <laughs> We were buying and selling NFTs and DMs on Twitter, so... Maybe it'll be a a full circle moment. Uh, That's kind of funny. But I mean, that's gonna be really exciting to watch unfold. I usually also to plug the um, Hashgraph Enthusiast Twitter community. Honestly, um, Twitter communities are very strange right now. Um, It's there. Check it out. There's a link in the thread to join. But, um, you know, I don't know what the future of Twitter communities looks like. Um, There's a lot of spam. I had to close the group. So if you do join it, be patient. I let people in manually because otherwise we get so many spam accounts in there. Um, so bear with me, but you know, we do what we can do. Uh, and I appreciate everyone tuning in. Um, like always, I'll see you next Sunday, 7 PM Eastern, 4 PM Pacific for everyone listening. Now I'm going to do what I always do. I mean, if you see someone listening, um, and you don't recognize them, you already have someone in, uh,